laptop fell. And um, we have a nice stand now, amen. Come on, hallelujah. So one more time, give it up for the stand. That, look, look at that, look at that. Let me get away from it, see if it, it's good, see. Hallelujah. Now, now we talked last night, we, we ended on a high note of some devil butt kicking, amen. We ended on some devil butt kicking. So I brought a little tool, ready to kick some devil butt, y'all. I brought a little, let me, let me push it this way and then bring it out this way. Ah, right here. So if you know me, what we're going to do is we're going to beat you into Christianity, amen. No, we're not. No, we're not. But, but there's something that I believe the Lord gave me years ago when I was first starting in youth ministry. And it's something I like to call the praise phrase, hallelujah. And the praise phrase is this lovely item here. I'm going to put it down just for now because I want to break it down to you. It's hallelujah mixed with glory. It's hallelujah mixed with glory. So we have to be all in together on this. Are you all in with me, family? I say one more time, are you all in with me, family? Okay, so... The praise phrase, it starts with hallelujah, and that's the highest praise that we can give to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So on three, I want you to give me your best hallelujah. All right, you ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Oh, okay, look at that. Y'all smiling. Some of y'all was fading early. It was like, oh, he's going to drop the computer again, Brother Damien. Hallelujah. See, it makes you feel good, brings a little bit of a smile to your face. So let's do it again. Hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Let's do it again. Hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Hallelujah. All right, all right. Now let's see how good you are with following directions. You've, you've, you've proven that you are good, but I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to just point at you, and I just want you to give me a hallelujah, okay? So that means you got to lock in. Tap the person next to you and say, lock in. Yeah, get them, get them. Lock in. Lock in. All right, all right, here we go. You ready? You ready, huh? You're like, oh, no, he looked at me. It's fine. We're okay. You ready? You're ready. All right, here we go. You're wearing my favorite scripture on your sweater. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to just point to you, and you got to give me a hallelujah. All right? Hallelujah. It was a little slow. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Hallelujah. Okay. Now I'm going to get sneaky with you. I'm going to get sneaky with you. Hi, how are you? I'm Damien. Oh, yeah, pleasure, man. What's your name? Connor. Connor. Oh, okay. I see what just happened. Here you go. Oh, that's a nice pen, Connor. Orange. Right, taking some anointed notes with this, huh? There you go. Oh, okay. All right. So you're good. You're good. You're ready. That's hallelujah. The second part of this thing is glory. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. My guy right here said, yeah. See, when's the last time you just got up and you started saying glory? You don't know. Maybe you never have. Today's the day. Glory. Yes, glory. And glory is this. Glory is when God, when people look at my life, my hope and my prayer is that they just don't see broken Damien, but that they see a God who is good, a God who is love, a God who is faithful. So when people look at our lives, may they not just see us, but may God get the glory out of our lives. That's glory right there. When they look at you, they see the Lord. Amen. So that's glory. So now you got to say glory. Ooh. 
All right. On three, glory. One, two, three. Glory. One, two, three. Glory. One, two, three. Ah, glory. Now you take the hallelujah, give me a hallelujah. And you take the glory, give me some glory. And you put it together and you get holly glory. Yeah, babies. You get holly glory. And holly glory is a praise phrase. God gave me years ago hallelujah and glory because as I worship God, as I give him praise with my life, may he receive glory out of my life. As I give him praise, hallelujah, with my life, may he receive glory, hallelujah, glory out of my life. Amen? That's hallelujah, glory. Now, DJ Damien in the house. This side. You are Halle. Team Halle. Okay, Team Halle. Team Halle. High five, Team Halle. All right, you guys. Yeah, you know. Glory is always hype after. Like, glory, baby. Glory, let's go, glory. All right, you guys. Y'all are Team Glory. So, what's going to happen is, I'm going to point over here. When I point here, you got to give me a Halle. Let's practice. Okay, let's do it again. Hey. Okay. When I come over here, you got to give me glory. Amen. 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 All right. Here we go. Glory. I know y'all, even y'all was like, dang, they came. They they came with it. They came with it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Basses, even the ladies got the bass. The ladies, the ladies like glory. I'm like, okay, clutches pearls. Okay, okay, okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. Now we're gonna get DJ Damien in the mix. Here we go. Let's see if y'all ready. Just look at your, hey, holly glory. If you see me in the, in the snack shop getting a snacky snack, holly glory. I'm going to be honest. Took a lot of my breath away. I'm, <laughs> woo, brother is a little tired. That's holly glory. That when I give God praise, that when people see me, they will see the Lord. Amen. All right. So now let's jump into the word. Let's jump into the scriptures. Are y'all ready for that? All right, the scriptures, hallelujah, yeah. So the scriptures we're going to be hanging out in today, about to say tonight, today is, wait, hold on, hold on, Jesus. Okay, let me make sure we're good. Okay, can it move? Yes, it moves. Ooh, I was nervous. I was like, Lord, it didn't fall, but it froze. It didn't fall, but it froze. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, fam. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. 
And when you get to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, let me hear you just say holly glory when you get there. And so right here, this is holly glory, y'all. So holly glory. And a little bit later, a little bit later, we're going to learn about God's goodness and how holly glory is a part of God's goodness. Holly glory is a part of God's goodness. And one of my students, one of my students made this for me. I did holly glory with him and they made this for me. So I, I, I like the opportunity to come around and just hit people with it. Amen. I don't do that. That's weird. I don't do that. The Lord isn't glorified in that. No, he's not. Now, if you're at Ecclesiastes chapter 2, let me hear you say holly glory. Now, here's what I want to do as we start this review because I told you last night that the journey of this weekend, we're going from one place to one place. And I, I wonder if you remember where we're going. We're going from... See, I don't even have to preach in Jesus' name, amen, and we're done. So that's the journey we're going on. The journey that we're going on this weekend is we're going from the hands of Jesus. The blessings, just wanting the things that he offers us. And he offers us great things. So we're going from hands to face. So show me your hands. Now bring it to your face. Show me your hands. Bring it to your face. See, something happens, I get the opportunity to see y'all when you bring it to your face. I get the opportunity to see that. And a lot of y'all, you just light up. You're just like, yeah, these are my hands, but this is my face. You know, like, like you, light, you light up. And I believe that in this journey this weekend, that there are going to be moments when you see God's face in a way that maybe you haven't seen it in a long time. In a way that maybe you haven't seen it before. And your face is going to light up as you see his face. I just want to speak that over you. And we learned last night that Solomon, where, oh, where did Solomon start? Did he start with the hands or did he start with the face? What do you think? Ooh, y'all was listening. He started with the face. Why do we say we, he started with the face? Because before he became king, we see God visits him in a dream. And in the dream, Solomon asked, or God asked Solomon, what do you want? I'll give you whatever it is you want. And Solomon says, I am like a child. You've allowed me to be a part of this kingdom and to, to lead these great people. I am like a child. I don't know what I'm doing. Give me wisdom. Help me. Give me, a, give me a heart full of wisdom so that I can lead your people in a way that honors them and honors and glorifies you. That might, some might say that's a little holly glory right there even. Hallelujah, holly glory. So, like, this is the thing. We see Solomon at the face of the Lord. And our God is so good, fam, that he's like, hey, Solomon, okay. You going to ask for wisdom? I thought you was going to ask for a whole lot of money. I thought you was going to ask for a Tesla in that time, which is like, like a really nice chariot and horse or something. I thought you were going to ask for something like that. And God is like, you ask for wisdom. Because you ask for that, I'm going to give you that. I'm not only going to give you that. I'm going to give you fame. I'm going to give you fortune. I'm going to give you wisdom. Your wisdom will be unrivaled in the history of kings. And so we see that he started at the face of God. And I think last night we kind of we learned a little bit that uh, it, it, it's, it's easy to start at the face of God. But as life goes on, 
Sometimes we start just going to God for the handout. Sometimes we, we, we just go for what he has in his hands to give us. And if there's one thing we learned last night, oh, my goodness, do not be the Taco Bell burrito guy. Come on. Don't be the Taco Bell burrito guy. We saw the Taco Bell burrito guy at every lunch ask me, can I get a dollar to get a Taco Bell burrito? Can I get a Taco Bell burrito? Can I get a Taco Bell? No. No. Yes, 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 yes. Leave me alone. I'm avoiding the Taco Bell burrito guy. And we all agreed, dang, that kind of sucks. He just wants to use me for what I have so you can get something. You want to use a resource. And we all learn that sometimes we have a tendency to do that to God. Sometimes we have a tendency, God, I'm hurting. Heal me. But I don't want to talk to you when I'm feeling fine. God, I'm struggling in this area of my life. Come in and help me in it. But I don't want to really have much to do with you outside of that. My dating life, you stay away from that. But this life right here, this life where I'm, I'm struggling with depression, help me. And when you don't help me, I'm mad at you for not helping me. But I didn't give you access to the other areas of my life that maybe if I gave them access to this area of my life, that area would help this area. See, don't be the Taco Bell burrito guy when it comes to the Lord. And then we learn, man, what is it to fear God, right? What is it to fear God? Anybody remember one thing that it means to fear God? Anybody want to throw it out? Right there, go, what you got? Yeah. You nailed it. Trust him. Trust him. What does it mean to fear God? That's dangerous, huh? Some of y'all are like, like, he's really asking us questions and we can respond? What the heck? Silence. <laughs> that was so good. That's so good. Trusting God. Part of fearing God is trusting him. What you got, my guy? Believe. Oh, you said that. You ready to preach, huh? Yeah, believe in the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, trusting God. Believing in God. Right here. Oh, enjoy God. Did you know you can enjoy God? Did you know that you can enjoy your faith? Did you know you don't have to walk around being a believer, looking like you have sucked on lemons every day of your life? Like, oh, I'm a believer. Praise the Lord. Do you want to come to church with me? No, you look weird. <laughs> I don't want to go to that church because you look weird. Like, this is real. Enjoying God. Enjoying God. Trusting God, believing God. And what's the big one? Starting with God. What, you, what were you going to say? You were going to say starting with God, huh? Look at us. We're on the same wavelength. Starting with God. That's where the fear of God begins. It begins with us starting with God. And if you, if you, if you, if you remember, if you remember I, I, I use the analogy of, of taking a book from the bottom shelf and putting it on the top shelf. If, if this book represents God right here, and if this, we have this bookshelf and it's called our life, where is God at? Where is his word at on this bookshelf of our lives? And I just want to encourage you young people right now, today, that life change comes. Life change that matters. Life change that sustains happens when you and I take God from any of these lower shelves and put him And his word starts to carry weight in our lives. That's the beginning of it all. And we saw Solomon start there. We saw him start there. 
And then he goes on this journey, and he's like, I've done it all, y'all. Let's go. I've been to Vegas. I've been to the clubs. I've been up, the, up and down the boulevard. I've been to every place you could think of. And I love this because, because the book of Ecclesiastes just keeps it so real. That's what, like, really the whole Bible just keeps it so real. One thing the Bible keeps it real about is God. The Bible keeps it 100% real about God, and we saw that a little bit. The Bible keeps it real about who God is. He is the source, and we learned that last night. He is the source of everything. He is not a resource. He is the source. We learned that last night. He is the, he is the, he is the why behind everything created. God is God all by himself. We learned that last night. So the Bible is real about who God is. But here's what's dope too. The Bible is also real about who we are. Oh, if I'm honest, family, I can be super fake sometimes about who I am. I can be super delusional about who I am, especially, especially knowing what the expectation of me is. I know the expectation of me. I know my personality. I know how God has gifted me. So I know that the expectation is when I step into a room or in a meeting or with friends, like they're looking at me to bring the energy. They're looking at me to holly glory all day, er day. That's what they're looking to me for. And so I can get a little delusional. I can, I can, I can get into a place where it's like they, they don't know that, you know what, my holly glory has been a little bit weak in this season because things that I'm going through at home, um, insecurities that I'm struggling with, my holly glory isn't hollying like it usually is hollying. But the expectation is, what's going, what's, 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 what's wrong with Daniel? What's going on? Why is he not? Why do you, what, what, uh, like these are the things that, and I can buy into that, and I can start adjusting who I am, but I love it because the Bible is like, show up how you are, to a God who shows up where you are and brings you to a place that only he can bring. So we see Solomon. And Solomon has gone on this. I don't know where my button is. Don't give me a finger. Solomon has gone on. Here it goes. Is this it right here? Holy glory. Thank God. Technology is technology. And it's really not its fault. It's my fault because I don't know. There it goes. Hallelujah. <laughs> And as we jump into Ecclesiastes 2 right now, we get a glimpse into the banana's life that Solomon was living. This is crazy. Now, check this out. Check this out. I'm going to have to get this in there. Uh, I'll be back. Hold on. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it says this. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said laughter. So I said laughter is silly. What God does, what, what good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. 
stop for just a second there. Right there, I love this because what Solomon is saying is he's bringing it down. He's saying, okay, I am rich. I got a whole lot of stuff. I got a whole lot of things. But when I found out that didn't really please me, can I tell you, I just tried laughing. I just wanted to be happy. I just wanted to laugh. So I just laughed. I was just doing anything and everything to make me laugh. I brought in entertainment to make me laugh. I brought in this to make me laugh. I went over here to make me laugh. I just wanted to laugh. <laughs> that was not enough. So I drank. I drank to excess. I got everybody around me drinking to excess. We were doing this thing. I, I, I tried to attempt all of these things, these moments of happiness and joy that people seek after in these little moments of life. Verse 4, it says, I also tried to find meaning by building huge, huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. Now, look, oh, this is so good, y'all. We're getting into the resource part of this thing. Remember, the resource is something that is used. It's not the source. It's just a resource. Who is the source? Who is the source? Okay, God is the source, but watch, look at Solomon trying to get fulfillment from resources. He says, I also try, by, I also try to find meaning by building huge homes for myself, planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. Woo! Solomon is killing the game. Everything a man could desire. And he says, so I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed. Ooh, ooh, that's crazy. God gave him wisdom. He used the wisdom to acquire resources that took him away from the source. And look how good God is. God never went in and said, Solomon, give me back my wisdom that I gave you. It's mine. Ha! Solomon went through a season of his life where he was not using what God gave him to glorify God. But how good is God that God didn't go in and say, give me back my ball. You can't play with me anymore. Deuces. God, God didn't do that. God didn't take back the gift. Oh, as we see more and more, God, as we see the goodness of our God, we see ourselves and our need. And I just, I, I, that, just, just, that just hit me in the moment like, man, God's gifts are, are, are undeniable. God's, God gives us gifts, and he doesn't give them to take them away. But he gives them to us in hopes that maybe as we live, they will glorify him. Oh, isn't it bananas? What if God has more faith in us than we have in him. That's crazy. I know how I fail. I know how I make mistakes. My goodness, God has faith in me to come out of hard seasons. Oh, my goodness, that is crazy. Okay, back to the scripture. I get excited. So, verse 10, anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. 
I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anymore. Okay, okay, let me, this little part right here, hard work, hard work. Any hard workers in the building? Oh, yeah, some of y'all hard workers. Hallelujah. I'm a hard worker. I bust my butt. I work really I work really hard to try to do good things and accomplish things, all that good stuff. And I love this because hard work in and of itself isn't bad. But Solomon is saying, I even pleasured myself with hard work. I got that dopamine hit from working hard and accomplishing things. I got that hit. It was like, whoa, felt good, meaningless. Woo, felt good, meaningless. He's not saying don't work hard. He's saying hard work outside of God, meaningless. This is, this is what I love because the world tells us work hard, work hard, go get it, do it, go get it, do it, go get it, do it. But Solomon is saying I worked hard, worked hard. I went and got it and I did it. I went and got it and I did it. And it is meaningless. Okay, let me give you a little bit of insight into um, how I sermon prep. This is how I sermon prep. So I'm reading this last night. I'm sitting on the bed. Kyle just sent me a uh, 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 Wi-Fi access thing because I was struggling with the Wi-Fi. I was like, how do I do this? He sent it to me. I got it. I was like, ooh, hallelujah. And I'm reading this in this last sentence. This is the last sentence. It says, it was so mean. It was also meaningless like chasing the wind. And so I was like, okay, chasing the wind. What does that look like? And so I'm so silly. I just started trying to catch my breath. And no, look, look at how y'all thinking. Y'all like, oh, you were out of breath. Were you running? Were you typing? <laughs> no, 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 no. I tried to catch my breath. Like, <laughs> I tr- I'm literally sitting on the bed <laughs> trying to catch my breath. Literally. <laughs> I wasn't out of breath. I was just trying to catch it. And it was hard. Try it right now. Try it right now. Put your hand up right here. Put your hand up here. And, and try to catch your breath. How much of it you got? None. None. If you say you got some, then we're going to have to talk about lying later. Amen? Because you didn't catch none of your breath. You didn't catch it. He's like, even if you, okay, I'm going to try to go. No. Like, 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 this is like, 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 that is a visual of Solomon's pursuit. That is a visual of Solomon's pursuit. He is saying when we chase purpose, when we chase meaning outside of God, it's like trying to catch your breath. It's like chasing after air. You do not know if you caught it. You do not know where it's Where's it at? Where's the air? Can't, can't see it. You don't know, but you keep trying, 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 trying. And we're chasing the wind. We're chasing our breath without relationship with the one who put the breath in us to begin with. Ladies and gentlemen, you have just been introduced to one of the most low-key sins that there is. Oh, this is a low-key killer. This is a low-key killer. This sin is a low-key killer. It's a down-and-dirty beast. I can't stand it. Because there's some sin that we engage in where it's like, okay, that's sin. 
I see it. I'm sinning. I see it. I'm making a mistake. And, and sin is falling short, falling short of God's standard. And you can see in these areas where you're falling short. Okay, I suck in relationships there. I shouldn't have been looking at that. I shouldn't have said that. I don't forgive you because you hurt me. I don't like you because you just, I don't like you. I don't like you because you got that lemon face. You must be a Christian, right? <laughs> smile, believers in the Lord, followers of Christ, smile. But it's a low-key killer. And this is what, this is what Solomon is talking about. This low-key killer called pride. Oh, it's a low-key killer, y'all. It is a low-key killer because it sneaks up on you. Can I, I, I was thinking about pride, and I was a, okay, anybody 16 in here? Okay, good. Chest bump, chest bump, hallelujah. I was, when I was 16, when I was 16, I know this is not you. This is not you because you are very good Christian boys and girls. Amen? Yes, you are. You are perfect in all of your ways. Hallelujah. When I was 16... I was in church, rooms filled like this. I was, I was, and, and there was this older gentleman, and he would worship. Now, I'm not talking about just, I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about this older gentleman, probably 75, 79, probably 80, very old in my times. Very old, but he's, thinking back, he was probably not as old as I thought. But this dude would run around the church. Talk about catch your breath, right? He, he, he would run around the church worshiping the Lord. And he would run around just, and he'd be like, every, every few steps. And I'm 16, and the Lord hasn't quite penetrated my heart all the way. I mean, he's doing a work. It's a little something going on in there. But I was looking at this dude, and he would literally go circles around the sanctuary, circles, circles. And I'd be looking at him, and I was like, does he know I see him? <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. These are the thoughts that I had. I was like, does he know that I see him? I am judging you, sir. That is weird. You're going to fall. You're going to pull a hip. Something's going to happen to you. Stop running. Stop it. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Stop. Every Sunday. And now I look back at my 16-year-old self, and I'm like, dang, I was super judgmental. I was super, I, I, was, I was suffering from this low-key killer of a sin called pride. I was suffering from this low-key killer of a sin called pride. And what pride does, pride will have you sitting in a room where you know you need help. You'll be sitting in a room full of people hearing words that will help you get better. Hearing words that will help shift your life, 
that will help shift your reality. Pride will have you sit in a room watching a man worship his God because I don't know what God has brought him through. I don't know if God saved him from cancer. I don't know if God stopped his family from breaking up. I don't know. But what I see is that this man is running around this building. To me, he's embarrassing himself because of this low-key killer in me called pride. Pride will have you sitting there in front of the very help that you need, thinking that you don't need help. Thinking that you are okay. Pride will have you sitting there. And God is speaking. God is moving. And pride will have you sitting there like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> A bunch of dummies. Y'all look weird anyway. See, pride... It's a low-key killer. Oh, you can go right into your life and you can find some sin that's super obvious, but pride is the low-key killer. And here is the thing. Pride is the thing you saw in the video. The pride is the thing that took Lucifer down. He was one of the angels, and, and, and pride took him down. Oh, can you imagine? He's an angel singing, leading worship before the Lord at the throne room of the Lord, but all of a sudden, he no longer feared God, he wanted to be God. He no longer feared God, he wanted to be God. And family, I think so often this is the exchange when we come to the hands, this is what we want. I want control of my life. I want control of my destiny. I want control of my future. I want what I want when I want it. So we are no longer in relationship with the source. We want to become the source. So just be happy. Just get it together. Just go. Just go. Just go. And it's like what Solomon is showing us is that this low-key killer called pride can have you and I pursuing all of these things that we think make us feel good, make us feel complete, make us feel whole, but really it's and it's killing us on the inside. It's destroying us on the inside. This, this is this is that low-key killer called pride. Solomon calls it vanity. He says, vanity, vanity, vanity. Vanity is this. It's excess pride in or admiration of one's own appearance or achievements. Vanity, excess pride in our one's admira or admiration of one's own appearance or achievements. And this is what Proverbs 16, 18 says about pride. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. Y'all know I like to bring in the message Bible because it's a translation that kind of brings out the, some, some, some different nodes in the scriptures. The, the message Bible says this. It says, first pride, then the crash. Raise your hand if you want to crash. Come on, somebody. Woo! The crash ministry. I want to be in the crash ministry. My life, let's just let it burn, said no one. Y'all didn't even get a little bit excited about that. And I brought a lot of excitement to the crash ministry right there. Nobody wants to see your life crash and burn. 
But the reality is so often we sit in these seats and we stand on these stages and there's areas of our lives that are crashing and they are burning because we lack the humility to say, God, I am a child and you've given me these things, but I don't know how to do it. Will you help me? But the world will tell you. I saw a video with um, Elon Musk and he said, what did this dude say? He's crazy. He said, he said something like just. Just think better thoughts. Just if you just think better. If, if you just if you just think better things, just just think. But I'm like. I just want to backhand Elon like you're crazy, Elon. Have you lost your mind? Do you know the thoughts in my head? I'm crazy, Elon. I'm crazy. I'm crazier than you sometimes. No, I'm not. But he said, just, just, think, just think thoughts. I saw another video, uh, Jim Carrey, he said uh, he was an actor. He said, um, intention, just be intentional. Everything in life is about being intentional. If you just, if you just be intentional, just, just be intentional. And then somebody else said, said, if you just put good in the world, just, just put good out there. Just come on, muster it up, put it out there. It'll come back to you. Yeah. What? See, that, that, that. Fam, we have, as believers, we have to keep it real. That's nonsense. And I'm not just saying that to bachelors. That is absolute nonsense. Because if we live in, if, we, if we're going to be honest, and remember, safe space, amen, do it with me, one, two, three, <laughs> safe space. We, if we are going to create safe spaces for people, we have to create safe spaces where people can show up as they are and be honest. I don't have good thoughts about myself. In fact, the thoughts that I had about myself were suicidal. But I showed up here. But you're going to tell me think good thoughts? Get out of here. Nonsense. That's not our God. I'm sorry I'm yelling, but so often we buy into this stuff. We buy into this stuff, and what God is saying to us, all he's saying is just stop looking for my blessings to get you out of this and get into my face so that I can shine light into your destiny, so I can shine light into your purpose. Let me do this for you. I don't want to just give you things. The greatest gift I can ever give you as your God is me. Sorry, preacher man. God's not enough sometimes. I know you. Looks like you're losing your breath again, preacher man, and you're doing good, and I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Yeah. But God's, God can't do this in my life. You don't know what I've been suffering from for since, since, since junior high when I was bullied and and, and, and because of what happened then or, or this, this thing that was out of my control happened to me and, and I've been trying to look for healing, but I, I find myself in these patterns of connecting myself with these girls or connecting myself with these guys or, or you don't know the pressure to achieve that I grew up in in my family. If I didn't get, if I didn't get honor roll, if I didn't get a 4.7553 million, then, then nothing Nothing was okay in the eyes of my, my family. Like you, I get it, preacher man. I, I, I understand, but God's not enough. 
and I, I just, can I give you a little pushback? Can I give you a little pushback as someone who tried to take his life in junior high? <gasps> oh, my goodness, you the, but you the holy glory man. How you do that? You was, what? You try? Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not up here just trying to tell, I'm not trying to convince you into, into a kingdom. I'm not trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to just be real with you. And I'm trying to tell you, family, if we can just be humble and if we can just, just get this self-help stuff, get this connection to social media stuff, get it, just put it. I'm not saying get rid of all of it, uh, like, like, like just eliminate it out of your life. But for some, maybe you have to. But what I'm saying is put it over here and put God first. Put it on the bottom shelf for three months. Put it on the bottom shelf for two weeks and take God from here and put God here and get his word in you and let him, let him, let him, let him prove himself. Because I stand before you, family, as a broken man who God has consistently proved himself. Even when I'm scared, even when it's hard, even when my sin is so prevalent that I know there's nothing I can do, he shows up. Here's what's dope about sin. I may not come back to you Lake after saying that. I'm so sorry. Please don't send a letter. He said sin was dope. Here's what's dope about it. Everybody in this room suffers from it. Oh, you can, you can come from a very, very financially wealthy home. Or you can come from a very, very poverty-stricken home. Where you grow up doesn't change the fact that you and I, and this is what we have to understand about sin, it's in us. It's in our nature. So, 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 so sin puts us all on the same level playing field. Oh, we, we, we operate in vanity. We try to look like we're better than we are. I'm fine. I'm fine. I have a sweatsuit on. I'm fine and I'm comfortable. <laughs> what? What? So we try, we, 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 we doctor our face up. We doctor the outside up. And I'm fine. I look good. Ha, ha, pride, pride. Let me project well, let me project this image because the image that's really here is destroying me. But this is what I'll put out there. This is what I'll project. See, 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 we all suffer from it in some way, shape, or form. Every single one of us. What does that mean? Every single one of us needs the same solution. Oh, every single one of us needs the same solution. Every single one of us needs the same solution. Every single one of us needs the same solution. Every single one of us needs the same solution. A God who sees us. A God who loves us. A God who meets us right where we are and says, I see the disease that is sin in your life. I see how it has penetrated all these other areas. I see it. Will you come to me and let me be the remedy for it? but not just my hands. Because some of us, we settle for a momentary experience with God. Oh, I feel good in the moment. I was up at the mountain. I feel really good. Woo, 
Ooh, mountain, mountain, mountain. And then when things go back and all of a sudden we're stuck with ourselves and all that, instead of inviting God in more through worship music, through reading the word, through grabbing somebody that was at hands face, hands face, hey, I'm having a hard problem getting to the face of Jesus right now. Can you help me get to his face? Yeah, I've been struggling too. Let's pray together. Like, instead of doing that, we were like, well, I'll just wait till summer camp. Ooh, I'm in somebody's backyard, huh? I'm in somebody's journey. I'm in somebody's cycle. Because you've been going to summer camps since you could walk. My kids have. I've been toting these kids with me to summer camp since they, since, since they were born, really. So I got to walk this out with my kids. I got to show them the fact that, hey, hey, daddy does a lot of things for the Lord, but you need to understand, daddy needs Jesus. I need him more than you, Kai. I need him. And there are moments where I stiff arm him. There are seasons where I stiff arm him. But I'm so thankful that he is so good at getting around the stiff arm. You ever try to stiff arm Jesus and then you show up somewhere and somebody's like, hey, the Lord just wanted me to like just say, hey, you're doing great. What? I've been stiff arming Jesus for three weeks. He's going to send somebody to look me in my eyes and encourage me? My goodness. That's our God. He sees the sin that all of us struggle with. He sees the things that all of us go through. I have been talking for a very long time. Y'all still here? Y'all okay? Hallelujah. I'm going to finish up right here. I'm going to finish up right here. Worship team, you can come up, give me some tunes, because maybe I'll end quicker. <laughs> Does this make sense? It would, it would, it it would be discouraging for me to I can give you a whole lot of intellectual jargon. I can speak to you on a level of intellect about the scriptures, about the word of God. But I just I, my prayer is that this season, this this weekend we go from the hands to the face and I just believe, family, that the face of God is more, is more simple than you think. The face of God is more loving than you think. Oh, his hands are awesome, and what he gives us is awesome. But his face, his face. His face, his face, his face, his face, his face, not just an intellectual knowledge or understanding of his ways, of his words, but no, an intimate understanding of his face. Because when you look somebody in the eyes, right, it got weird. I just looked, we just looked, you were like, oh, he's looking at me. It got weird, but it wasn't. Because what we really want is we want to be seen. We want to be seen. And we settle for being seen by resources. When the source is available. He's available. To the believer in this room right now that you have been a Christian since you were in second grade. 
and you know how to go through the motions. You know how to show up to church and you know how to got him. I got my youth pastor again. You know how to do this. You know how to do this. I want to I want to encourage you. In taking what you know how to do and laying it at the feet of Jesus and saying, God, I've become a professional Christian. And what I know is that that isn't helping me grow. That isn't helping me with the pain that I am experiencing. So will you help me? This is when we encounter and we experience this good God right here. This is that moment where we... uh where we realize the thing that has always been attacked in our faith and in our walk is God's goodness. Because if God is so good, why would he make you go through what you went through? Because if God is so good, why is this not easier? I'm here to tell you, family, we live in a world that is broken, a world that has fallen, a world that is crying out to be returned back to the creator. And we are the resources that God has called to be resources. We are the resources that God has called to not be the source, I'm sorry, to point to the source. I got a scripture for us. Romans 3, 23 through 24, and this is the last thing I will say. Just kidding. <laughs> For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Watch this. Because when you get close to God, you get to see God more, but you get to see you more. You see God more, you see you more. You see God more, you see you more. For everyone has sinned. That's me. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's me. Yet God in his grace, that's God, freely makes us right in his sight. That's God. He did this through Christ Jesus. That's God. When he freed us from the penalty for our sins, that's God. It, it, it seems like for every time I see myself, God reveals himself four times. our job what get to know him how you got great pastors you got great leaders you got friends that know your struggles that are struggling you got his word that is how we grow and go Show me your hands. Show me through faith. And faith. And faith. And we're going from hands to faith. Amen. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you. God, I want to ask in the mighty name of Jesus.
said anything that was weird and just me. Will you strike it from their minds and their hearts that they would simply know you, see you, and love you? And we just say thank you that your grace is so sufficient. We thank you that though we are, we have a sin nature, you free us from that. Not saying we still don't make mistakes, but in you, we get to discover grace, true meaning, true purpose. And we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen.